Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 3rd of April 2013. Newcomers, as always, please help yourself to CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com website. You'll find other sites listed there. These are all my official sites. They all carry lots of audios for download for free and they all carry transcripts for print-up in English of lots of the talks I've given over the years. And if you go into AlanWattSentinel.eu, you'll find transcripts in other languages to choose from. And I always remind the audience at the beginning, rather than pester you all through the broadcast, that uh, you bring me to you. I don't bring on advertisers as guests. I don't get paid by advertisers either. And um, I could, of course, and really pester you uh, like most uh, other hosts do. But I just basically want to get the, the facts out of what's happening in the system that we are born into. And I go through the history of this system and the big foundations that really are a parallel government. Uh, the lobby governments, in fact, with their thousands of armies of NGOs, all working for them on full-time salaries, mind you, these so-called charitable institutions, to change the way of life to suit the, those who are already the dominant minority, the elite of the world. And, of course, it's always under the guise to help everybody else. And it's nothing of the kind, of course. So I go through the scam, I go through the system, and it's a bit of its history, too, how it started up, and uh, the fact that they run all pretty well all the media across the world. And uh, in fact, to get up there in media, you have to basically join them. Uh, and only then if you're asked to join them too and play the game with them and then get standardized news. To get everyone on board, to understand in the world, you've got to get public opinion swayed your way. And the easiest way to do it is to standardize all the news. And uh, remember too, as I say, you can buy the books and discs that I have at cuttingthroughthemedics.com or donate. And remember, from the U.S. to Canada, you can still use personal checks or international postal money orders from the post office, or you can use PayPal, or you can even send cash. Across the world, you've got Western Union MoneyGram and PayPal. And as once again, straight nations are awfully seriously welcome. As we go through austerity, the planned austerity was planned back in the 70s. At least it was announced then that bring us into austerity. But of course, you have to make bank crashes happen uh, and get all the bankers on board. And so they did get on board because they knew that the public were going to bail them out regardless. And so they lost nothing. In fact, they gained an awful lot out of it. Everything is planned that way on a big scale. You don't hire the best minds, supposedly, in their particular fields, thousands of them across the world who can't figure out what's going to happen next in the field of economics. It's rubbish. It's a rubbish science, obviously, if that's the case. But no, these guys don't make these mistakes. It was all planned long before the bank crashes. Even the big boys admitted themselves years later they were pulling out their own cash out of these banks four or five years before they crashed, before the public knew it was going to happen. So planned austerity to bring in a post-consumer society for first world countries. Depopulation is a big part of the agenda. You've got big wigs up there, call them the big wigs. The toffs used to come in London. 
in England. And uh, these guys are the ones who are coming out openly, the professors of the Royal Society and so on. Too many people need re- rapid depopulation, the same as the Rockefeller Foundation, because they all belong to the same organizations. So everybody's on board at the top, all the elites of what, how they want to run the world. And that's a matter of keeping us busy, entertained, running after trivia, or worried about things we can't even change ourselves. That's why there's so many things that, which are emotive, emotive responses that come out of you when you read them, but you really feel helpless. That's a technique as well. It makes you feel helpless because there's nothing technically you can do about most of it, actually, because all done way above even your governmental level. Your government is not your government at all. hasn't been for an awful long time. And you have international government. What do you think the G20 technically is? Now back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and we're cutting through the matrix, talking about the big system because really there's nothing else but the big system, is there? And uh, they they run the world, they run the media, they run the culture industry, uh, they run uh, the educational systems. Uh, Everything's on board with it, of course, because they have to bring everything together at the same time to push forward into their big leaps forward, as I like to call them. So many 50-year plans, 40-year plans, 10-year plans for different parts of their big changes. And this is the century of change. And I've talked about that so many times. The century of change was an academic expression used in the 20th century, describing the 21st century. This is the century where the world would begin to be run properly by experts. And the public would be taught incrementally and then speeding up to obey the experts and just believe it or else. And now, of course, if you don't believe it, you're a conspiracy theorist, whatever the, the theme happens to be. So you're going through plan change, and this is the time when it's all, all happening. Uh, that's why Obama's uh, slogan at one point was uh, change is good. People never asked him what change he was talking about, but those in academia certainly knew, and those in the big, big foundations that run the world knew as well since they helped back it all. So you're going through the massive changes and the transfer of wealth from first world countries to third world countries. And it's not really going to the third world countries' peoples, it's going to international corporations and the United Nations. And the United Nations, of course, was set up and planned to, by the Royal Institute of International Affairs, a private organization, another big foundation that runs all the, the politics across the world, even puts prime ministers and presidents in different countries across the world, and they've been doing it for a 100 years now. And their own historian at the Council on Foreign Relations, Carl Quigley, said that in his own books. So you've got to understand you're living through a, a, a script, basically. And after all, you don't let the future happen if you're a powerful minority. You always plan to make sure that your offspring will still be in charge in a hundred years' time or longer. And so that's how you plan it. The, the power at the top never gives itself up. Never does. It doesn't walk away and say, okay, let's be fair to everybody and give people power. It doesn't happen. It never has happened. So today they use chronology. And chronology is a very old art, actually. It goes way back in thousands and thousands of years. And, of course, the biggest art in ancient times was to get, was those of the advisors to, to, to kings or queens. 
and uh, all the way up through into this age of so-called democracy, where the advisors now simply advise presidents and prime ministers. Advisors, of course, are taught at special schools, international ones generally. They're in on the big world agenda. They have to be, because the front puppet that they have to advise, generally doesn't know too much about it. And, um, and so they write the scripts and they make sure it's all on course. And all countries sign binding agreements at the same time across the board. It's quite simple, really. And talking about the foundations that fund so much of this and so much of the articles you'll get in the press these days are straight handouts from the, the various foundations that run the thousands of non-governmental organizations. They're all paid full-time salaries now uh, by the big foundations themselves. And they lobby governments, and the governments are waiting to be lobbied by them, because they know the act, and then they sign things into the bill and say, well, the people of Canada or the U.S. have spoken. Well, you had nothing to do with it. These NGOs are privately run, basically. But they pretend to speak on your behalf, even though they're unelected. So that's how the world is run today, is by chronology and swaying public opinion. Even at the first polls that were ever introduced, the first polls came out, and Bernays goes through that stuff too, Edward Bernays who gave you the consumer society, also gave you different wars as well, by the way. They actually used the American army um, against a Latin American country, where one of his biggest clients was, and um, they ousted the presidents and so on in that country. And, uh, and, and he got his client back, and a big, big reward for doing it. He actually used the, the U.S. army for that. Isn't that some power you have, eh, for a private individual? But anyway, Bernie's talked about it too. And the power of persuasion, and persuasion is, is vitally important. And, and you could understand too that most people are the mass man, you call them, or the mass mind. People like to belong to the biggest club out there, and uh, and wherever public opinion is pointed to be the majority, most folk will just waver and, and join and cross the line and join them because they want to be on the winning team. And that's how simple it is to create uh, the flat air society or whatever else it is. As long as the vast opinion is, is towards it, then the rest will sway, get swayed and go towards it too. Very, very simple stuff. So don't be um, uh, upset when you read nonsense getting put out there by so many people believe in reptilian people or lizards running the world. These are, these are, these are, of course, meant to be farcical. And unfortunately, they have put guys out there that have pushed the farcical. And, uh, and then they lump in something that really is going on, like, do you believe in global warming? You're, you're another conspiracy nut. They've, they've put a big poll out today, for instance. Now, polls initially were put out, as I say, by guys like Bernays in order to sway public opinion. Just give them a lie, say, the majority of people believe this, and the rest will jump in to be with the majority. That's how simple it is to do. So that was the function of polls, to sway people not to get the truth. You understand? So once again, getting back to the point that uh, global warming now is a big one, that the, 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 the right to tax first world countries in order to supposedly pay for third world countries not to cut down their forests and trees and things like that. It's not bad, eh? But of course it changes through all these hands like the United Nations. Lots is skimmed off the top. And this big program is called RED, actually, R-E-D-D, from the United Nations. Uh, has a, a, a whole bunch of links up tonight on that, in fact. It's quite interesting because you understand you cannot do keep up with everything that's going on with all the cons and the massive funding that these cons get behind them uh, from the big foundations. There's trillions of dollars get spent on propaganda, you understand. And you can't keep up with it all. You can't fight it yourself. 
Defy everything that, that's coming down the pike. You would need your own equivalent amount of foundations with equivalent money, equivalent staff and all that to, to fight it and keep up with it. No kidding. So as I say, we're living in an age too where technically there's no power in the hands of the people at all. Unless they literally wrested it away. That's the only way they're going to get it. But they're not going to get it by complaining or accepting things. We don't have democracies. And we don't have people that stand up for us as representatives. That's why they created parties. So as the guy you elect goes off to, to, the, to their main capital. And he said, well, I'd like to vote for my people here, but I have to vote with the party instead. So what's the point in having them? What's the point in having them, folks? But here's one here. It says, Forests are not for carbon stocks. This is this REDD program. And it says Bolivia came out swinging at its first press conference of the climate change conference yesterday, criticizing the Green Climate Fund, which is meant to help developing countries adapt to climate change and opposing the reducing emissions from deforestation and forest degradation scheme. That's what RED is, REDD. Bolivia is showing a strongly against the mechanism of red. The role of the forest is not for carbon stocks. Well, this is very interesting because the links I'll put up tonight will show you they're trying to reword what, what ownership of land is from the United Nations folks. That means all across your countries and the first world want countries too. And the usual sort of way they bring in legalists there to, 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 to use their terminology to redefine what ownership happens to be and try to obfuscate it, etc., uh, and do you really own this? Do you really own that? Do you own the, the carbon that's in your land? Do you own, do you own, do you own? And, and the whole idea is to eventually start wresting away from everybody that's a property owner. Their ownership of the land is set on. And they pay taxes on and so on. It's a very clever scheme. Very clever. It's a, I'll put about four or five links up plus a PDF from their own website to the United Nations. It says, RED is a set of steps designed to use financial incentives to reduce the emissions of greenhouse gases from deforestation and forest degradation. The forest produces carbon credits and therefore becomes an emissions offsetting scheme. So the carbon credits, this thing out of nothing that the big corporations are getting for free from their government so you can start gambling like a stock market with them. And you're paying for it all, of course. Is, is a big, big bonus the big corporations are getting. They're going to literally make billions off it for doing nothing. Nothing, folks. As for most countries have hesitantly, been hesitant to overtly state their position at such an early stage in negotiations, the Bolivian delegation took a strong stance against the mainstream consensus of the talks thus far. And this is what they said. As people who live in the forest, we are not carbon stocks. We disagree with red because we oppose the commoditization of the forest, said Aurelana. 50% of Bolivia is blanketed in forest, 40% of which is lowland near the Amazon. This is a complex and dangerous situation to see forests as carbon stocks. The forest provides a role as food security, a water source, and biodiversity for indigenous people. Red reduces the function of the forest to just one, which is carbon stocks. Why? It's because it's for big money, folks. So we have an alternative proposal not based on market solutions. And the Joint Mitigation and Adaptation Plan Mechanism Proposal Cause Sustainable Forest Life outlines different principles, three main principles, and he tells you what they are. Now, if you go into the other articles I'll put up to do with RED, as I say, what they've got is the first world countries, they call them rich nations, that's you that are all have lost all your homes and stuff with the bank crashes and you're paying for bailouts. And with the transatlantic partnership, Canada is, and the, I think Canada's already paying money to help the bailouts in Europe. 
and the U.S. will be doing it shortly too. Your money is going to cross the world, and that's going to go across the world too, to to have forests just sit there. So that these big guys are swapping their carbon credits to the top that you'll never meet or hear about, uh, make billions off of you, and you're going to pay so they don't chop down any trees. Isn't that a wonderful idea? You understand, your governments are all in on this. They know all this stuff. They get these, these, these things before you do. Uh, their, their, their bureaucrats go off and sign the deals on behalf of the politicians. And you're the last to know that you're just borrowing more money. Your country's borrowing more money putting you all down as a guarantorist to pay off the loans, and the money you're handing off to these third world countries. It's just astonishing. It's utter plunder. Utter plunder. Welcome to the new fascist communism. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix. I'm talking about the RED, this R-E-D-D program, where, uh, again, through the United Nations, that you had nothing to do with, of course. And of course, no one elects the United Nations. It's a private organization that helps run the world on behalf of the masters who set it up and still own it, by the way. And so here they are, just uh, going into the great carbon credit schemes, of course, Al Gore schemes and other boys with them who make billions off of this. And the money, of course, goes through the Rothschilds' private family bank in Switzerland. And it was Rothschild and who put that proposal through in Britain. That So they'll deal with incredible amounts of money flowing through from carbon and energy. Because, again, they're transmuting the, 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 the energy into carbon, basically, if, if it happened to be carbon, and, and can make all these vast, terrific uh, um, algorithms and mathematic equations. So, anyway, it's all a con job to plunder the planet and plunder all of you and to make you awfully, awfully poor post-consumer society, right? And meanwhile, you have to pay for the third world countries not to cut down their trees and so on and so on. But there's a lot of corruption already involved in it. Even Interpol has, has talked about the corruption because there's so much money coming from the first world rich countries. You know, the ones that are all bankrupt now, uh, going to these third world countries. But that's how it really works. Everything's done under guise of something else. And the climate change nonsense and the carbon taxes, that's all one big, big, big part of the massive change into utter poverty. As they call it, equalization of the planet, making equity. You can't be more equal than others, you say, except for the ones who run it all. So I'll put that up tonight. And uh, and also, too, uh, talking about the, the, the <laughs> when you started off with the, with the global warming, that was to be the big, big one. Remember, too, and I'll put up again tonight the, all the articles I mentioned about a week or two ago from the 60s and 70s where the climate scientists at that time, they're just fronts for the big international corp- communist organization, actually, run by the fascists at the top, they were pushing for a, a global ice age. And they were pretty certain that was going to come because they, they knew it goes back and forth. It always goes back and forth. So many years of this, so many years of that. And so they put all their money on a global coming ice age. And they turned all their books, all their propaganda, all the scientists stood up. Royal Society and elsewhere saying, yep, yep, we're all going to freeze to death. And if they pay money to, 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 to stop this and blah, 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 same thing. And, of course, it didn't work out that way. 
And so the Club of Rome was told to find another way. So they came up with global warming in the 1970s. And so they put all their money on that for a while. And uh, now it's going back to freezing again. So it doesn't matter. Now they're calling it this climate change and extreme weather. You can see, when they've got an idea that they put all their bets on, they they ain't going to give it up, folks. I don't don't care if all the gods in history, that ever existed in history, came down all at once and said it's all rubbish. They still have to kill all the gods. Because nothing's going to change this this agenda. Nothing. It's got more than just taxing you to death and bringing you into a post-consumer society. It's also got to do with making you utterly poor and taking you back to the Stone Age. But here's an article here on the Great Global Warming stuff. It says, East Germany, uh, East Germany says that March 2013 is the coldest in 130 years. And so a German newspaper, the Mitteldeutsche Zeitung, uh, reports on Europe's extended brutal weather. And today's online article reminds us that the cold is not only a phenomenon that's isolated in Central Europe, but one that is widespread and extends all the way across Russia to Siberia. It says in northeast Germany, March 2003 was even, was even the coldest March in 130 years. However, it says um, it's all over the world. It's quite the contrary. The dramatic negative temperature deviations from the 1981 to 2010 long-term mean were widespread across Western, Central, Eastern Europe, all the way to Siberia. Moreover, there were many regions in North and South America where it was very cold. The cold in Germany was no single isolated case here. And those of us who still live in the, the colder regions certainly know it this year because it's still freezing outside here. This is April, where I am in Ontario, Canada. So uh, it won't matter. It won't matter. This big agenda is up already. They're already trading these uh, phony carbon credits that the big corporations got for nothing from your governments. You paid for all to get it all kicked off so they can start trading them like, like you know football cards. But uh, nothing will change it. See, what I'm saying is, is we don't have democracy. And we have fronts, of course, that pretend they're democratic, which are the non-governmental organizations, which are all owned, kit and caboodle, set up, trained, uh, and paid by the big foundations, the parallel government, as Thatcher called them, that she was quite happy to work for after she retired. And... Um, we find, too, that countries that really fought against the European Union's joining it, that is, and they kept saying, no, 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 and they kept coming back, oh, you'll be left behind, you better vote again. So they keep getting, getting you to vote until you get it right, and you go, okay, you know, you give up. And Ireland was one of them, uh, and uh, many other countries were the same, same boat. But that was a massive multi-million dollar campaign of propaganda. Oh, if you don't join the EU, you'll be left behind. Oh, the money's going to be pouring out of everyone's ears. A beautiful utopia is just over the horizon, and so on and so on. Look at the mess we're in now. See, everything is run by a con. You've got to understand this. Everything is run by conology. Old trick Politicians are good at it. Politicians are good liars. That's what they're picked for. They can lie without blushing. So psychopathic. And the boys who really run the world pick them for that, for those qualities, you see. And so, here's all these countries that say they should be living in utopia and having the good life and all the rest of it. And here they are, borrowing money to throw at uh, sinking countries in Europe. The black hole of Europe. No one tells you where the money goes. It's going somewhere, folks. I'm just getting off with rich public guys from that own the keys to money heaven. Back with more after this break.
You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, we're cutting through the matrix and talking about the chronology that we all live through. Uh, most of our lives, in fact, is, is full of, of uh, declarations and more and more chronology from the media. It's all big, a big part of, of course, an education system. And even fiction, too. Fiction is far better through science fiction movies and that. They can give you all these disaster movies and you think, oh, we better pay up money so we can fix global warming, etc., etc. You know, Or stop asteroids hitting the planet and oh, on and on it goes. Endless, isn't it? Where your imagination can go. And they play on that, too. But also remember that the big goal, too, is to have the world run centrally by centralized government. That's what the United Nations was initially set up for. And before that, it was called the the League of Nations. And the Royal Institute of International Affairs set that up, too. This private organization set up this other private organization, Corporation. And then it transformed into the United Nations after World War II. They tried to get global government through the end of World War II, but the general population, especially of America, weren't going to have it. And so they thought they'd do the slower way, which they've been doing since. But you find most laws and all the rest of these big cons come through the United Nations. Now, under that group too, the group headings also comes from the Royal Institute of International Affairs, the International Bank, the, the, the Bank for International Settlements in Basel, Switzerland. And that was to be the top honcho eventually, the top, top bank that uh, will sort out all the world's problems and deal the cash for the planet. Underneath the BIS, you have all the private central banks that democracy demands, apparently. You've got to have a private central bank that borrows from the World Bank, and they're a private organization, that also gets funding from all our countries, whether you borrow from it or not. And, um, and what a deal that is, eh? And also then you get the IMF, that acts the, the part of the heavy, the collector, the debt collector for, for, for the users, you see. If you, you can't pay your, your way. So here's Ireland to you. I'll put two articles up tonight on Ireland and it says the International Monetary Fund has delivered a tough assessment of Ireland's economic situation, highlighting lack of progress by banks and dangers of the country's debt becoming unsustainable if growth forecasts are missed. And the fund has criticized Irish banks as inadequate progress in dealing with non-performing loans. Now, Ireland's got different laws to do with evictions. You can't just evict people because the banks say so. It takes a process to go through. And so the, the IMF wants Ireland to change its laws so they can just throw them all on the street, as they've been doing for thousands of years, you know, the usurers, and get all, their, all their, the, the property, you see. Since this latest review of Ireland's bailout program, the fund also raises concerns that banks are losing money even before putting cash aside to cover bad loans. It says IMF states that lenders are only beginning to tackle non-performing loans. It says repossessions are low at 0.3% of total mortgage over years in 2012, compared to 3.25% in Britain and the United States. The IMF suggests a, a, a need to strengthen the efficiency of the repossession regime. In other words, we want the laws changed in Ireland. also said that designation of specialist judges could concentrate expertise for handling a potentially larger volume of repossession cases in an expedited manner. Just like a factory, just stamp, 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 you're all in the street. <laughs> That's what it means. While acknowledging progress to date, the fund expects Ireland's economy to grow by 1.1% this year and by 2.2% next year and by 2. 0.7% in 2015, which is kind of odd because IMF said that Europe's not going to, going to grow at all, that all the European countries for another five years. 
But of course, you can say that when they want the cash from, the, from these people here in Ireland. Quite something, isn't it? Eh? Mind you, these same, the, the banks that the IMS are representing, the World Bank and all the rest of them, they were quite happy to throw these loans out in the people's faces initially, didn't they? Whether they could pay them back or not. They knew it too. Of course they know it. So this article goes on and on and talks about the IMF has also called the EU, the European Parliament, to deliver on pledges made to Ireland, including recapitalization of Irish banks from European funds to ensure a successful exit from the bailout program. It's just astonishing, this, this money round it. This, it's like musical chairs as they move money from one country to the next. And, and, um, and they make your country borrow it from them, the World Bank, uh, to, to throw it to some other country. It's just astonishing as the debt grows and grows and grows. Fantastic utopia this they gave us, isn't it? Fantastic utopia. Conology. Join, join the EU, amalgamate, uh, or you'll be left behind. Oh, bad things could happen if you don't join it. Well, I bet they're all wishing. They want those with memory that never ever heard of the thing by now. And also, too, uh, of course, it, it, remember, too, all the, all the news articles that's chucked out for us are just that. They're chucked out for us to prattle on about by the big media, you see. And you've got to understand that everything runs by systems. Everything runs by systems. Memes, themes, and so on are put out by the big boys all the time. And everything is, is, is okay to stamp the quality approved for the, for the, for the cattle down below to yap about and get upset about. And I hate even reading a lot of it too. Because you'll notice the, the big boys are really taking over the internet completely. They really are. Before you even had some alternate, a lot of more alternate sites. And then of course the NGO groups funded by the foundations started to take over in those particular sites too, by big fancy sites and so on, pushing the left wing and the various other wings of all these different wings, of course. But it's, it's all the same bird, as far as I'm concerned, and going in the same direction. So you have to really read the articles and force yourself to read them and then find out what's false and what isn't. If you, if you think at all, there's no article you should read and just take it at face value and believe it. They hope that you do. Most folk do, actually, unfortunately. But um, you've got to always think, what's the purpose behind this article? Lots of them, there's no purpose. It's just junk. It's just data to crowd your mind. And folk today are overloaded with data. Now... This article here says, a new study, why why put out a new study suggested nuclear fallout from Fukushima causes spike in congenital illnesses amongst infants in the U.S. Like they didn't know before. When that happened, they knew it was going to happen. Look at all the the stages the the countries went to 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 quieten it all down. And they changed all their their acceptable levels of different kinds of radiation. They they, they upped the, the, the acceptable levels. He was all quiet, you see. And of course it's affecting people. The peer-reviewed research published in the Open Journal of Pediatrics found that increased rates of congenital, you mean born with hypothyroidism, in West Coast babies born within nine months of the Fukushima meltdowns beginning March 11, 2011. Newborns in Alaska, California, Hawaii, Oregon, and Washington showed up to 20% higher rates of CH than 36 control states. If left untreated, congenital hypothyroidism can impede physical and mental development. Well, they'll fit right into Washington, D.C. then, and get jobs there. Researchers working for the, with Radiation Health Project noted that even low doses of radiation have now been associated with congenital illnesses. Now, they've known that since the, the first atom bomb was dropped in Japan. 
there have been many, many documentaries put out there and studies done. And it's still going on in some of those areas too. They call them jelly babies. They, they literally turn out, you know, when they're born, a lot of them are, are half formed and all the rest of it because your genetic system has been all completely altered, the parents. Anyway, it says this, exposure to radiation, especially the thyroid-seeking radioiodine isotopes, should be considered as one of these factors. Now, there's many kinds of radiation that came out of that, uh, explo- those explosions. There's plutonium came out of it too, really dirty stuff. So it's not just a thyroid, folks. It's not just a thyroid, you know. And folk too were really swigging down the potassium iodine and so on. So we're getting pushed to, to buy this stuff and take this, and then hopefully you wouldn't be absorbing so much that was in the air, radioactive iodine. And, and remember, too, that even the potassium iodine was developed for the military so that they could get to a battle and win it before they died. It doesn't keep you going forever, you understand. It doesn't matter how much you take. <laughs> That's not how radiation works. It's all through your body. It's everywhere. So if, it, if it's that loaded in your system, it's not just going to the thyroid. It's going through your kidneys and everywhere else in your liver. Remember that, too. Radiation is a nasty, nasty stuff. So anyway, says the study also confirms that elevated CH could just be a horrific beginning to the revelations. The health departments will soon release data on fetal deaths, premature births, low-weight births, neonatal deaths, infant deaths, and birth defects, not omitting the far worse deviation and devastation in Japan. Researchers said their findings demand additional studies. So they'll keep on giving those studies and bad news for a long time to come because this stuff just, just doesn't go away just like that. And also, I'll put up again, the UN passed their historic arms trade treaty by a huge majority, it says, even a lot of people didn't sign it. And, uh, of course, they've been at this for an awful long time, because they wanted, if you look into, um, I think it's uh, General Disarmament in a Peaceful World, the United Nations, I'll put the bill up again, I've got it here, it was, it was actually signed by the US, by, I think even it was during, it was, it was uh, Kennedy, I think it put out, and in his day, and it was signed by the U.S. and other countries then, of, of complete, in general, and complete disarmament in a peaceful world. I'll put that up again tonight. This has always been the agenda. And at the United Nations, they said eventually only their, their authorized army will have uh, the, use, the, the, the legality to the use of force, or any, any kind of force, lethal or non-lethal. That's the agenda. In the planned society. The managed society. Also tonight I'll put up an article, it's called Camp, uh, Camp Nama, N-A-M-A. British personnel reveals horrors of secret US base in Baghdad where they're torturing lots of people. And it's, I, it doesn't bother folk anymore, we're so jaded now with horror movies and slaughter movies and so on. The folk, uh, you can't get outraged about anything, unless it happens to them. And also put up to this article to do with the FCC. It says the Federal Communications Commission is investigating whether standards protecting people from cell phone radiation need to be updated according to an FCC report. It's got a PDF on it. I'll put that up tonight to cutting through the It says a request for public comment. The current standards have not been updated since 1996. That limit was based on a 1991 recommendation from the Institute of Electrical and Electronics Engineers. But the IEEE updated its recommended radiation limit in 2006 to give you more of it. That limit could allow for more radio frequency energy exposure from cell phones. 
says the 1996 guidelines set a maximum radiation exposure level based on how much heat is emitted uh, uh, by, and absorbed by the mobile phones. Since 1996, the International Commission on Non-Ionizing Radiation Protection has developed a recommended supported a recommendation supported by the World Health Organization and the IEEE has revised this recommendation several times, according to the FCC report. But the National Council on Radiation Protection has continued to support the recommendation that the FCC currently uses. And I'll bet you anything, this report will end up up in it again, folks. Because they want you to sort of, you know, keel over, die off. I mean, they're really into, what do you think rapid depopulation means? Remember the Rockefeller recommendation? Rapid depopulation. And the Royal Society? Rapid depopulation. What do you think it means? Are you going to volunteer? No. Well, they want it, so they get what they want. They simply don't tell you. But they want it, and they do it. By many different methods. And also, too, in Britain, again, going back to the stealth taxes and carbon taxes and all this nonsense, it says, intensive industries are bracing themselves for a new surge in utility bills tomorrow when the UK's government's highly controversial carbon price floor starts feeding through into energy costs. And so it says, all critics say the funds should be ploughed back into the, to the green energy technologies always fall flat. It's all con jobs by crooks. But the, pl- the price floor is intended to support. The money will instead be absorbed for general use by the cash-strapped exchequer. So it's not going to go for all the greenies that, that, that shout for all this into green energy. No, it's going to get taken for as general taxes because they need them so badly to pay off all their debts because they're borrowing money from the World Bank to throw at other countries' black holes to stop countries from sinking under the utopia of the EU. Michael Murphy, energy partner with McRoberts Solicitors in Glasgow, said all businesses and residential consumers would be affected with heavy industries, hospitals, councils and other large volume users bearing the brunt of the increases, it says here. It says what we have said to our clients is that we're telling you this is not because there's a clever way to avoid it. We're telling you this because your utility bills are going to skyrocket, he said. Now, this is going to happen across the world, because that's the plan, folks. I've said it for years, because I've read all their articles over the many, many years. I've said from the Royal Institute of International Affairs and Royal Society and the rest of them, this plan society they're bringing in, you'll have no free money to spend on any extras. It'll be going for pure basic survival, folks. That's the agenda. How do you th- what do you think they mean by austerity? And also, the euro area unemployment hit record high of 12% in February. Now, that's, that's a vast under, understatement there. 19.1 million people are un, unemployed in single currency block, it says. And uh, the euro area jobs rate rose to the record level in February, adding to signs that the currency block's recession, recession eh, extended in the first quarter. And it gives you all these statistics and all the rest of it and so on and so on, which I won't bother reading. But the fact is, the whole, the whole thing was meant to do what it's doing, folks. They knew it before even, they even created the EU, all of the fallout they'd have. But it's a must be. It's a must be for the big boys to have their global society that they will completely dominate. Understand that. Karl Marx talked about the EU being amalgamated as one. One gov- under one government, subservient to a world government at the top. 
also tonight to open up cleanup at Hanford Nuclear Waste Site. Now, the Hanford Nuclear Waste Site was set up during World War II uh, when they were creating the atomic bomb in the U.S. And uh, the things has been a mess ever since. That's what scientists do. They can you know, leave, leave you clean up the mess and die off. Of course, they all move away to other areas. But it says here, seven decades after scientists came here during World War II to create plutonium for the first atomic bomb, a new generation is struggling with an even more daunting task of cleaning up the radioactive mess. But she'll never do, because the stuff's sunk into the ground, soaked in. And it says, um, Hanford's reactor B made plutonium for the first atomic bomb ever detonated. It also produced the plutonium for the bomb dropped on Nagasaki. Japan in World War II. It was shut down in 1968 and just left. So the U.S. government is building a treatment plant to stabilize and contain 56 million gallons of waste left from a half century of nuclear weapons production. The radioactive sludge is so dangerous that a few hours of exposure could be fatal. A major leak could contaminate water supplies, serving millions across the Northwest, and the cleanup is the most complex and costly environmental restoration ever attempted. And the system, the project isn't going well. The USA Today investigation found that the troubled 10-year effort to build the treatment plant faces enormous problems as it reaches what was supposed to be its final stage. So I'll put this link up tonight too. And it gives you the price tag of its cost so far and how much it's likely to cost, etc. So the plant's $12.3 billion price tag already tripled, uh, or triple original estimates. As well. They always do that, eh? When government gives you an estimate, you can always at least triple it. Doesn't matter what, they, what they're talking about. Eh? Building all these things that they do too. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm back. We're cutting through the matrix. Now, I want to mention too, before the night's just over, that um, mentioning Ireland previously on an IMF, International Monetary Fund, this private organization that set itself up and uh, is really the big bully boy for uh, getting cash back for all the big central or private banks, I should say. And it says landlords in Ireland are facing a 120% mortgage payment hike as Bank of Ireland tears up the tracker terms, but the watchdog says it can't help. And it says, um, thousands of unlucky landlords are bracing themselves for a 120% increase in mortgage costs in a month, in a month, as Bank of Ireland forces through a controversial rate rise, and the Financial Services Authority says it's unable to intervene. And uh, again, it's IMF is demanding it. Isn't that something else, eh? Isn't that so? Mind you, I'll put up a happy story tonight. The Queen got a big pay raise, 16%, for waving her hand, you know. Stuff like that. It's a really hard task, that. I'll put that up to cheer you up. And this is a good article, too, to do with Obama. Now, again, everything's stage-managed, big time, that you see on television or whatever. It's all photo ops and all the rest of it. But now they're really, really wrapping up. And they've done this in Britain for years. They can wrap up a prime minister, for instance, and and kind of keep him out in the limelight when big, big things are getting rammed through. He doesn't take the heat then. They bring them out for photo ops when they smile and pick up babies and kiss them and stuff, or diddle them, as a lot of them do them too, I'm sure, because there's so much going on too these days. And um, 
says how Obama is blocking out reporters and wrapping himself in a bubble so he can exercise ultimate control over his public image. It's quite a good article. Everything is public image and perception management. It's all perception management. And it says... um, it's all courtesy of the Obama image machine, serving up a stream of words, images, and videos that invariably cast the president as commanding, compassionate, and on the ball. In this world, Obama's family is always photogenic, first dog Bo is always well-behaved, and the vegetables in the South Lawn kitchen garden always seem succulent. And that's how everything is, isn't it, portrayed to you these days. Says you'll have to look elsewhere for bloopers, bubbles, or contrary points of view. Capitalizing on the possibilities of the digital age, the Obama White House is generating its own content like no president before and refining its media strategies in the second term in hopes of telling a more compelling story than in the first. All the same, at the same time, it's limiting press access in ways that past administrations wouldn't have dared and the president is answering to the public in more controlled settings than his predecessors. It's raising new questions about what's lost when the White House tries to make an end run around the media, functioning in effect as its own news agency. But again, it's all perception management. Everything has changed. Everything is changing all the time. As the professional image makers take over, and they've been doing this sort of stuff for many, many years, many, many years, really since the advent of, even before TV. But now it's, it's, it's perfected, and you get the image that the big boys who own the presidents and prime ministers want you to have. Remember Bernays said that, presidents and prime ministers, they don't really matter, he says. He says those who own the image machine own the countries. From Hamish Massey from Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me, your God or your God's go with you.